Welcome to the Memory Distillery, everyone. I'm Anthony Verneri. And I'm John Deck. And each week, we will malt, mash, ferment, and distill our way through the spirits of our past in the form of long-loved movies. That's right. And this week... Look at this sorry, miserable, squashed thing. Can anybody tell me what's wrong with this picture? That's right. We're watching the music video for Walk by the Foo Fighters. Oh, no, sorry. We're watching Falling Down from 1993, directed by Joel Schumacher. Uh, you John, tricked me into watching a Joel Schumacher movie. I know I'm such a bastard. Uh, when's the last time you watched this? What year did this come out? Ninety three. Yep. I'm gonna go ahead and say 1993. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So been a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it's been a little bit for me too. I, it's probably been a bit more recent. I think I've probably last watched this in. I don't know, like 05 or 06. But I don't know, it popped into my head like a, a week or so ago. And I said, hey, let's go watch it. And you were like, well, all right. And so that's what we're doing. <laughs> I mean, I think you've sold my level of enthusiasm exactly on the dot. <laughs> I We don't I, have any other good ideas, so fuck it. I mean, we've done pretty much all the other movies that exist. No, I, I, I think it's an intriguing choice because of my lack of opinion and i want to kind of dive back into it because i feel like the only lingering thought i have of the movie like i remember remember and that's the way the cookie crumbles (laughs) um no i i remember michael douglas being in it i remember i think he breaks his glasses at some point that sounds Uh, right yeah it basically in my mind right now i just think of it as Oh, man, this white guy had a bad day, so he's going to start shooting stuff. (laughs) And like, if that if that was if that's the extent of the movie, I might not end up liking it, but maybe there'll be a bit more to it. We'll see. Um, So, yeah, so I wasn't like, oh, my God, that's a great idea. I love that movie. But but it's not that I have a bad memory of it. It's just it's kind of empty. and, And whenever I have that like empty thing in my memory, I like to fill it up with sweet, delicious thoughts (laughs) i mean there's definitely from my memory there's an element of like white guy entitlement going on but i think that there's a bit more to it than that i think that there's sort of a a, i'm sick and tired of my life and what's going on and i'm gonna choose a really unhealthy route to uh to work through it and so that i think is going to kind of weigh in more than the kind of (laughs) shitty entitled white guy part of it uh but we'll see you know we'll 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 dig in and we'll we'll do we'll do what a memory distillery do and we'll uh we'll analyze it yeah and have a good time doing it and get you know get a little drunk and you know whatever else we happen to to happen upon we're, we're not going to pull any punches, but, you know, maybe we'll circle around and say, hey, you know, this is this little gem of a movie that no one's talking about anymore that y'all just need to go and wrap your arms around and give it a bunch of love. 
Who yeah. knows? There's a. I, I do remember one particular scene where there is a uh, a bazooka or like mm. a rocket launcher or something that uh, goes through a sewer uh, in an almost comical way. So I'm looking forward to that for sure. <laughs> uh, and and definitely the scene where he goes full Karen in a fast food restaurant. So you you could be making all these things up now. I could be. This could none of the, the, the none of these things might be in the movie. So I the one thing I can't wait to see is the one scene where him and the other two guys go out in the alleyway and they're playing cards and he's like, "Oh, oh straight flush. That's not possible." And he pulls out uh, nunchucks and starts hitting them with it. Yep, and it turns out that he's Jackie Chan. Yeah. Um so that that'll be a nice surprise. Or would have been. Sorry, I ruined it. <laughs> I think there's only one route that we could take at this point. I agree. We're going to go watch this movie. It's not streaming anywhere for free, so get it from your personal library or from a friend or from the streaming rental services. And when we come back, we are talking about falling down. John, are you ready? I'm Douglas. And I'm Robert Duvall. And, and this, this has been, been the, the Memory, memory Distillery. Distillery. <laughs> I hate everything about this. Let's do it. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, John, it's easy to see how this character kind of got to be, I don't want to say loved because loved is wrong. You mean the character of Mr. Lee who owned the convenience store? Yep, that's the one. Huh. Well, tell me what you think. Um, no, not Mr. Lee. Oh. Uh, I, I have nowhere to go with that. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no, the, the, the character of Foster or, or Defense, as he's uh, credited in the film, uh, how he's relatable, like he's the, the sort of, poster child almost if you think about it for the the kind of downtrodden middle class person who you know it, it, it shit's not going his way but there's this this nagging thing in the back of my head as i watch this now in 2021 like maybe uh maybe most of this is his fault <laughs> you think <laughs> Uh, and, and, and we, we can, we can deep dive that here as we go along, but I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Well, I, I want to get this out of the way. This, this is not about whether the movie was good or bad. This is just saying correct that, no, I, I'm sorry. This, it's a different point. Cause oh, you know, oh, okay. I can't just stick to your answering your question. Cause what fun would it be if I just took a straight path towards the answer? No, I was going to just say that this movie was not fun to watch. And I don't think it was supposed to be fun, like uh, an action movie or, or something like to me anyway, it was it was kind of hard to watch for a lot of it. And there are other movies that are phenomenal that are not fun to watch, like, you know, American History X or something like that. It's, you know, a great movie, but not fun to watch. And probably not one that we'll do on the show. Right. <laughs> but like, it, it's one of those things where. I just have to, because a lot of times I jump in and say, that was a bad movie. This is a good movie. And, and I, I don't have that to say, but I do have to say, 
it was kind of tough to watch for me, but in terms of the character and people being able to identify uh, with him, like, I, I can't argue whether or not, I mean, it makes sense how people could identify with him, but like, he's not a hero and I don't think he's supposed to be. And I don't think he was written that way, but to me, that's kind of where the movie struggles from the beginning, well, kind of all throughout, is the fact that he's not that relatable to me. Like, he's, I'm not that sympathetic towards him. I don't really, I mean, everybody has bad days and all, but I, I, and I keep saying, you know, we'll we'll get deeper into this, but it's just like that it's interesting, the choices that were made for, for his character, you know, from literally the moment we meet him and then to see his, escalation you know through the film it's like i wasn't a hundred percent sure where he fell in that victim or not victim but where he fell in that spectrum of you know victimhood versus you know being you know all all these things being of its own construction and and i think they kind of hint more heavily that that may be true as you go along yeah i agree with that I, i i think that there's there's nuance there and there's there's sort of there's there's room for interpretation as to sort of how you how you feel this this guy sort of is like is he a victim or is he a villain or is he a combination of the two or is he something altogether different from that and it, it's it's a a neat sort of look at a cross section of America that maybe didn't you, you didn't really get a lot of insight into in the 90s like you, you you had your sort of everyman but it wasn't like he was consistently dealing with uh, like, like a constant flow of shit which which we kind of get here with him but like I've yeah I mean I I do think that like and I don't want to speak for other people necessarily but I can imagine that at least for the first half or two thirds of the movie, that he he's almost like the type of character a cross section you know of America wishes they were like they dream it out like that, but they never do it. Like you know they they get fr- so frustrated in traffic they just want to leave their car and go walk away. You know they go they get pissed off by you know some fast food person and they just want to like you know, destroy the place, but like they never do it. So it's like, there's this, this tension, this, like, you don't really know or understand what is happening with him and, and where his mind is at. Is he simply someone who's had a bad day? Is he someone who is in the middle of a mental breakdown or is there something really fundamentally wrong with him psychologically? And the answer is kind of all of the above. Right. But yeah, it's it's interesting to contemplate, you know, in, individuals who may find bits of uh, of a connection, if if not with the entire character, with with moments, you know, with with you know, you know, who, who hasn't had some form of a fantasy of what would they do if they were being accosted in the middle of the street by you know some someone, you know, like how would they turn the tide and how might that go, you know. I don't think that's that unusual of a 
of a fantasy to think out, you know, even if it's not relished and enjoyed, just playing that out. And I think a lot of people could, you know, see when they're imagining themselves as the most badass version of themselves, you know, having things play out kind of like they do with him. Well, it's like a catharsis, right? Like there, there's, there's that fantasy piece that that we all sort of have like, Oh, this guy's pissing me off. I'd love to just, you know, hit him with a baseball bat or whatever. And then he actually does it. And so you get that sort of next step in the, the, in the process with him where you don't necessarily get that in real life. So there's definitely that piece of it too. I think that people can sort of relate to, but when we look at the, the, the sort of main, elements of what he's going through like he's downtrodden he's lost his job he's lost his family things aren't going his way yeah these are all things that may have happened to him but i i, I feel like they're more things that he did to himself uh at various points along this this sort of journey so like his violent tendencies are what got him to to, to lose his his family like he 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 was thrown out of his house because he he couldn't control himself and that's probably also why he lost his job like he probably got fired because he he popped off at the wrong person or he made some threatening gesture or 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 more than a gesture like flat out threatened somebody at work like i i could totally see that happening with this guy uh he takes offense to everything uh that isn't the way that he likes it. Like the, the cost of the, the price of soda and the breakfast hours. Like he, he expects to be accommodated at every turn and it doesn't happen for him. And so he, he becomes this monster that internally, I think a lot of people want to become and just don't have it in them. Well, yeah. Like when we meet his mother, you know, it kind of sets up the, the deeper precedent that, this is not someone who has just had a couple of different things fall on him and now he's snapped and, you know, now it's just, well, it's because he got, you know, divorced and fired from his job and that was too much and that put him over the edge. I mean, we get the feeling that, you know, she's had to tread lightly around him maybe his whole life. And Oh, and that, for sure. She you know, has so, that, that sort of trauma. Yeah. Like scared dog, like... Uh, uh, once too many times beaten dog that is now like every every bump and every every loud noise makes them just piss themselves yeah because you it is set up it's an interesting exploration of like victimhood of of feeling as though you're betrayed because he's not just betrayed by his wife he's not just betrayed by his job he's like feels betrayed by the ideals of his country he feels betrayed by the rugged nature of american capitalism he feels betrayed by you know the fact that he is defending the country why won't the country defend him he he everything is he feels just at every turn like he feels like he thinks he is just genuinely the hero and just doesn't understand like he just seems genuinely shocked sometimes by what he's done or what he sees, especially like when he sees the blood on the girl's hands and he thinks that maybe he hurt her mm-hmm. like that whole like, oh, my God, did that? Oh, wow. Like there are moments where he's just like so detached and then he has little 
glimpses of reality that are like too much or too far from for him and, and that may be you know just a part of his i don't know what you want to say but his <laughs> whatever his dysfunction is could make allowances uh for different you know aspects of, of things that could come across as human um but yeah so it, it's it's interesting to try to see what the idea or point or message is because i really felt that there was a case that could be made on on one level that you know uh prendergast as the counterpoint as the detective is almost like a mirror image of defense um and that he's been through hell he's been through horrible things he he isn't exactly getting fired but you know he's becoming irrelevant he you know and un, maybe under unappreciated by the younger kids and you know he lost a kid and you know he he's gone through all these things but he hasn't you know shot anyone or destroyed a restaurant or you know things like that so it's almost like it's like saying here's someone who's messed up and when all this stuff happens to them they go off on a crazy spree of insanity. And then you have someone here who's not as messed up, who's stable and all this stuff happens to him and he finds some way to kind of persevere. And, and like that works on some level, but it doesn't really play itself out throughout the whole movie. I don't think it quite fits the puzzle. No. And and the thing is that we're looking at two different sort of sets of circumstances, I think. And, and that's, that's one thing I think that this movie does well is, we we talk in in this society about everybody having a fair shake and everybody you know everybody's on an even playing field except they're not like we we have defense who is sort of the 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 victim of his own bullshit and then there's Prendergast who a lot of what's going on happened to him or are or as a result of decisions that he had to make uh his daughter dying happened to him there's no way that his daughter dying of, of an illness is in any way something that he did uh moving retiring early and moving to lake havasu is something that he did for his his wife's health who you can clearly see is going through a a, a breakdown um like when when she first calls and is talking to him and she's scared and then throughout the movie she she's going through these wild swings of emotion so he's he's making a conscious decision to uh to to save his marriage and to save his wife like to 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 get out of this situation that she's clearly not comfortable with him being in anymore so that she can be okay versus going back like again i can't stress this enough everything that happened to foster happened because of foster like it, it was because of decisions that he made or or choices that he made or or of because of how he is that we 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 see all this happening yeah we we tend to get the biggest picture for him as you know being the main character of the movie so even though it takes a while to build we we begin to see all these different levels of 
and, and you know of his personality and then how far he's willing to go and then we imagine and extrapolate what he probably has we know what he definitely has done during the course of this movie and then we can say yeah i bet he probably did this stuff while he was married and and this could lead to him losing his job so like we have all these puzzle pieces but i think it feels like for so many of the characters in the movie their their baggage their psychological trauma is on the surface but we don't get to see the full you know story we just see images and and like sometimes that's could be tough because you either can be played off you know as a caricature uh, like that that the army surplus store guy um <laughs> but like but then you have like the wife of prendergast who uh, something kind of bothered me about the way she was portrayed because like on the one hand um and, and I know Robert Duvall's character you know like he's you know one of these old white guys you maybe don't show emotion you don't share a lot like whatever like okay I get that but like you know when the opportunity comes to bear his soul you know about his wife you know, he doesn't focus on the fact that they lost their daughter and that just shattered her and he's trying to help her get past. He's like, you know, you don't understand, you know, when beauty is everything to you and you start to get fat, you know, well, that just makes life really hard. That messes you up. And it's like, does he actually think that, you know, or or is that just him deflecting so he doesn't want to talk about the more emotional thing that he has a hard time with? Like, I don't know, but that that superficial kind of throwaway. And then at the end when she's freaking out and doesn't want him to die and wants him to come home. And then he finally tells her off and you kind of get that nod from his, from Sandra or whatever, where she's like, yeah, a little smirk. And he's like, Ooh, I guess I'm in trouble. And he's like, and, <laughs> and, and cook me dinner and there better be skin on that chicken. Ha ha ha. Now just shut up and do it. Oh boy. I solved this problem. It's like, it just feels so, uncharacteristic of what they're they were trying to handle and what they're doing with this where it's like oh i get it she's not emotionally scarred and dealing with something and and you know completely psychologically broken she's just kind of a bitch that has to be put in her place and it'll be funny and it's like that's like that feels so weird and wrong it so it's felt like very shoehorned in there like, yeah, it, was, like it was uncharacteristic of everything that we have experienced with prendergast up to that point it felt very just it, it, it's it's like somebody in the writers' room said, "Hey, we gotta we gotta play to this crowd, so let's uh, you know, let, let's make sure that we we throw this in there because it's pretty funny." Well, then immediately after, he has a thing where he he punches out that the smarmy uh, detective guy, right? You know where it's like, oh, he's defending the honor of his wife, and it's like, yeah, but like five seconds ago, he was it was kind of weird, and uh, it just felt like you said shoehorn. It just kind of felt. Like, let's throw in a few tropes here. You know, aha, all right. Yeah, wife bad. And this is how Prendergast deals with his things. It's totally different than with, you know, uh, with uh, Foster. It's, see, he just punches people out and, and says things. He doesn't shoot them. Therefore, he's the hero. And it's like, <laughs> so it's like I alternated and stuff because there were moments when I, I really liked his character. And, of course, then there were a few moments where it just felt like someone wrote him poorly for a moment. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I I felt that way too. That there was, there were a couple of things with Foster. So, man, there's such a dichotomy here between Foster and Prendergast. Like, Prendergast is so likable, with the exception of that 
scene. And then for me, Foster was so unlikable with the exception of a couple of things. Like the RPG was pretty cool or, or, or bazooka. Like when he accidentally shoots it into the, the construction trench and there's that whole moment with him and the kid like, Oh shit. It was not that I liked him for it, but it was right. a funny moment. It, it's a funny moment that he just happened to be there and he happened like he could have easily just murdered a dozen innocent people. Right. And he wouldn't have really cared one way or another. So it's like he's still kind of horrible. But the moment is played off and comes across as kind of whoops, kind of funny. <laughs> and, and like and the kid's reaction and him instructing, you know, him how to use this, uh, you know bazooka <laughs> you know and like no the button's on top oh here you gotta this is how you have to set it up and as i saw it on tv and it's like okay yeah that's humorous even if it's also kind of dumb but like well like, and it i'm sure that they threw that in there too like i saw it on tv because like oh yeah tv's ruining the the youth that that was like the 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 battle cry back in the late 80s and early 90s like oh video games and and TV and music are making our kids violent. Like, come on. We all know now that that's bullshit. We, I think we all knew back then that it was bullshit, but somebody needed a scapegoat and entertainment was it. Yeah, Nazis are the real problem. Yeah, which, by the way, uh, killing the neo-Nazi was probably the one good thing that Foster did that I was like, yeah, okay, I'm on board with that one. Yeah, I'll, it was, I'll allow it. It was definitely easier to... Uh... To, to take like you know if if he had uh ended up killing the gang members you know in self-defense or something like even the fact that at that point he just you know shoots him in the leg and then just walks away instead of killing him like there's something that that kind of is trying to demonstrate so he's he's not totally over the line yet he still has some uh restraint and then you know, with the uh, uh, neo-Nazi guy, it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, he killed him, but look, it was a Nazi. Like, so it's not really that bad, right? So it was just interesting the way they inched him closer and closer to being irredeemable. Like, it just, <laughs> it wasn't until, you know, he gets to the point where he's, you know, actively threatening the, his, you know, ex-wife and daughter and maybe about to kill them. That it's like, oh yeah, that's that. There's no excuse. That's absolutely a hundred percent wrong. Uh, the other stuff, it was kind of like, okay, I mean, this guy was a jerk, and maybe he's he's kind of evil on the golf course for just kind of gloating as he's having a heart attack. But like up to that point, that guy deserved, you know, kind of to have things shooken up for him a bit, because uh, you know, shooken up, yes, but he. He fired a golf ball at him. It's not like he pulled out a gun and started shooting at defense. Like he right. just he, he was being an asshole. He wasn't doing something worth dying for. Right, but they keep like pushing and escalating his reactions and what he does because he doesn't actually actively kill the guy on the golf course. Right, but he certainly doesn't do anything to try to help him either. Yeah. And like on on the one, I'm sure that, that arguments can be made in both directions about why you know, Foster was wrong or right in that situation. At the end of the day, we're we're still talking about a person's life and did they deserve to die because they didn't want you on the golf course. Yeah, it's just like but in the mind of I don't want to say the average person, but like 
I could see on some scales, if you're trying to weigh a person's worth, if you're not saying life is just equally precious, like if you're saying a neo-Nazi, you know, his life, it's, it's, it's better or okay to kill than a, a rich guy on a golf course. I'm not arguing for or against that, but if you are going to try to measure these things out, then yeah, like uh, a rich jerk on a golf course, his life is probably a little more deserving of mercy than the than the Nazi. But again, it's that whole progression of, you know, if if he had gone on that golf course, tried to walk past him, the guy swung a golf ball at him, and he just pulled out the gun and just started shooting and just flat out murdered him immediately, that would, like, take him a little bit too quickly on this path where they wanted to keep building and developing it over the course of... Right the movie so it's again just a lot of interesting choices in trying to walk and tiptoe that line of trying to figure out whether or not he was any level of redeemable or had any bit of him that you know you know for those who hadn't already made a decision about him already you know is he is this possible is he is he just having a bad day is this just a you know, something that he can come back from. You know what I would have liked to have done? I wish I would have thought of this like yesterday when I was watching it is try to apply some, like the good place points to, (laughs) to this whole, like to, 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 to every sort of interaction, like who would come out on top in, uh, you know, foster versus, the traffic jam and foster versus the the fast food restaurant and foster versus the neo nazi spoiler for that one it would be foster uh like who how, how would he fare and what was his point total because I, and i'm thinking about this cuz we just got done watching the like we binged uh the the series recently for the good place and so i and thinking about it in that lens and it's kind of it's kind of interesting to consider. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I love The Good Place, but it's like it's so different of a tone. It I kind of have like this mental block, like trying to cross compare the two in that tongue in cheek, kind of hilarious, sarcastic way of the point system versus him just, you know, shooting people <laughs> um, or, you know, hitting snacks with a bat. Like that's unforgivable. Yeah, those snacks didn't didn't deserve that. But see, then at the convenience store level, he is kind of a champion. You know what he's doing is technically, you know, uh, vandalism, or I don't know what you call it, destruction of property. Yeah, that's actually kind of, van- vandalism. Is is kind probably, of assault. Yeah, you know, that, a little elements a of, of things that are there. aren't necessarily good, but like. That like and even the way it's played off at the police station when he's the guy's making his complaint and they're like, wait a second, so he paid for the coke, you know, like that definitely, you know, I I would admit I bet if I was in a position where I had to weigh, is this worth you know me investigating or putting time into and it's like you don't understand, this guy was crazy and and uh, and he stole my bet. You got you sell bats there? No, it's my own personal bat <laughs> that I keep hidden. But I, you know, well, obviously he took it out to use it, and he took it from me, and he stole it. And it's just like, okay, yeah, so this isn't, this is 
not that big of a deal and technically maybe it's not right either but you know what he he didn't really hurt the guy uh he he paid he paid for his 50 cent coke and you know it's like it's just down from 85 so it's like at that stage because we don't quite even if we put the pieces together or start to get an inkling of of what's going on at that point he's just someone who obviously you know is just not having uh, a good day at that moment but he could just be the voice of the people he could be a vigilante he could be all these things but that's not the path that we're going down but we don't know that yet right so i mean at the end of the day with this like you, you have movies that can get away with sort of painting the villain as the good guy i don't feel like this can do that in in, in by any stretch of the imagination like there, there's just not there's not a lot of redemption here for him. He like it, when we take the movie sort of as as the sum of its parts. Like yeah, if we if we took the first act of the movie, you could probably go, well, he's just having a shitty day. Like let, let's give the guy the benefit of the doubt. But when we get through the entire film, there's there's not anything here. I think that I would stand back and go, you know, maybe he's all right. Maybe he, you know, he was just misled or he's. Me- that that thing that we do with mass shooters where it's like you know he's mentally ill uh if he's a white guy uh like we 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 give them that sort of benefit of the doubt i don't think that we can do that with with him yeah it's interesting because if this were a different movie and let's say let's just change it up just a tiny bit and see how that just totally shifts everything because okay. if if the main character, if we, you know, see him trying, you know, trying to call his wife and just hanging up. And like, I, of course, I've seen this movie before a very long time ago, but I didn't actively remember the situation. Mm-hmm. So I can't just say, oh, my instincts. I knew instantly what the thing was because maybe I just also partly remembered it from the movie. But it's it seemed pretty obvious, you know, what was going on and, you know, what was happening in terms of you know, why he wasn't talking and stuff. But what if he couldn't talk to his wife because he didn't have anything to say because he just was like emotionally drained, but we didn't go any further and it wasn't brought up like, that's my house, I'm coming there anyway. And if we didn't get into any of that, but then find out that like his daughter is sick, okay, and he has lost his job and therefore his insurance and ability to help make sure his daughter gets better. Like if he was a jerk to his wife because he couldn't handle the idea of not having insurance and not being able to help save the life of his daughter, like he could still be divorced. But if that was what the central point was, and if the thing that pushed him over the edge was seeing all these entitled pricks with their, with their money or they feel like they get to make decisions for him and his life. And like, if all of these feelings of being taken advantage of them were all tied to like him. And if it was made clear that he was fired for no reason of his own, and it was just because they, they want to make money and this, you know, they just got rid of like a hundred people just because that way it increased their bottom line. Like if there was something built in where it was like, you know, this is the motivation, this is why he broke, this is why he snapped, then you could introduce the concept of something to do with a combination of his wife or ex-wife along with Prendergast, maybe talking him down and helping him 
to see some kind of a light and helping him to circle back. But like that wasn't the core of it. The core of it is some sort of deep psychological trauma and that, you know, and, and the fact that he has these violent tendencies and is a bit detached from reality. And, and therefore there's just no way for him to be the sympathetic character. But yeah, if you just make a tiny little switch or two, I think if you had wanted to, you could have told a similar story, but it could have been dramatically different if he was uh, possible, if it was possible for him to have any, you know, redeeming qualities on that level. Yeah. And I, I think that that's probably, that's probably a boring movie though. Like this for, for, you're a boring it, movie. Yeah, well, fuck you too. <laughs> <laughs> no, for for as as little as we're supposed to like Foster, this is a good movie, and it's a it, it it's a very interesting look at a number of different aspects of of the human condition. Whether you want to talk about uh, interpersonal relationships or or mental health or ec- economic equality or a, a, a a dozen other uh, sort of relatable ideas that we experience in this movie. I, I I feel like taking it and doing those tweaks and making him a likable character turns this into uh into every other movie that is in that sort of same genre or or, or same has the same sort of subject matter. Like it, it's. This is a unique movie unto itself because of how they wrote uh, Foster and how they they made the events play out in the way that they did. Uh, that that doesn't excuse the the character of Foster, and it doesn't make him a a a more likable or or uh, a a more good good in the good versus evil sense character he's he's definitely he would fall into the the villain side of that spectrum i think but at least you you get that sort of development from uh every man to total dick versus every man to redeemable kind of shitty guy yeah i mean i can't argue it definitely uh, retains its uniqueness because of that uncompromising take on the character um but yeah the movie as a whole outside of perhaps uh prendergast for most of it and like that the the female cop that went to lunch with him like were they partners before or were they just like friends on the force did did they establish that i think that they were partners uh when he was still not on the desk like when he was still on the street and so, there's that hint that maybe they were kind of a thing, uh, but the yeah they they were partners. Rachel uh, Rachel Ticotin, uh, Ticotin, uh she, she's actually a, a memory distillery alum. She was in uh, Total Recall. Total Recall, yeah. Um, but like those two characters, you know let's just say give them a bit of a pass but like almost every other character in this movie is is either annoying or or a, ca- a caricature 
a caricature. <laughs> Some of those detectives like, were just the, fucking yeah, awful. All, all of them. <laughs> like all of them. <laughs> they were all, they had horrible writing and I feel bad for those individuals as actors. It, it, it was the opposite <laughs> of the bullpen in, in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Like yeah. you have a bunch, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you have a bunch of really fun characters and everyone in this movie is just a piece of shit. Yeah. But then, like, also, like, just about all the people he comes across uh, until his wife and kid are also like that too, you know the the gang member, even even Mister Lee at the at the store. Uh, Mister Lee, Mister like I I'm I'm very pro like small business and pro immigrant and all that stuff. Mister Lee was a dickhead. Yeah, like I'm not going to change your dollar. Come on, dude. Plus, they're 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 clunky writing when they're you know go back to the taking the commentary on the force and he's like you know can't you see he's korean and he points at his face i'm japanese <laughs> and it's like yeah that's... Uh, and, and then in two, like two seconds later he busts out with the kumsami da like okay cool you know korean and you're japanese congratulations yeah, yeah. It, it's just like uh so, so many moments you don't have to be a nazi to be unlikable and they right. prove that uh, and even even uh, uh, defense's mother, like she wasn't necessarily bad, and I actually like that actress and other things that she's done. But she is damaged, you know, from exposure to her son and and all that came with that. So like, there's not a lot of breaks in this movie to connect to, and and even with Prendergast, like he's besieged, you know, he is going through stuff. It's not fun to see into his life at all. And so it's just like, it, it can be tough when you have a movie and like 95% of it is just kind of rough. And the 5% that isn't rough is like horrible writing, trying to make things funny for a moment when it never should be. And it just is, comes across so inauthentically and annoying. And so it's like, uh, it, that, that was just kind of hard to deal with, but yeah. you know, he was getting it like printer guys were getting it from every side and for them to, to push in some of just the other kind of cliche shit that they did. It, it just didn't work out for me. Um, that being said, this is a good movie. Like as much as I, as many problems that I have with the characters, I think I'm supposed to. And I think that because of that, I found this to be a good movie. Yeah. I think if you, measure it in regards to how the journey it takes you on and how it makes you think uh and and that aspect its uniqueness like i can agree with it i i sometimes struggle with that idea of defining what makes a movie good versus what makes a movie enjoyable and like where that line is because i didn't enjoy watching this but i enjoyed thinking about it and talking about it now but like watching it I kind of was just ready for it to be over. I wasn't like relishing it. I wasn't, you know, enjoying the scenes. I wasn't into the moment. I wasn't into all the tension and the whole, you know, suspense of him. Is he going to run down that pier? What's going to happen? Like, I just wasn't into it in those moments. But as a character study and as something to dissect and to look at a, a, an interesting and unique take and storytelling, I think it definitely had merit. But I don't think i'll ever watch this again for the rest of my life you know it just has i don't have any connection like that and i'm glad i did it for the sake of you know what we're doing here but yeah i just didn't really enjoy it at all and that's fair but 
just so you know, you did say that a Joel Schumacher film is good. So I just want you to. I never said di- good. Digest that. You said it was good. You agreed with me, and therefore you said it was good by the transitive property. That is, those are words. I was more, but I qualified <laughs> it. And I qualified it. Damn you did it, qualify, I qualified it. But it, it's, it, it still stands. Well, I could say that Batman and Robin is a good example of what to do if you want to make yourself physically ill. That doesn't mean I said it was a good movie. <laughs> oh, all right. You got next movie, else? Batman and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next week. We would be doing Batman and Robin because we won't because we'd both be fucking dead because we'd have killed ourselves from watching that. Uh, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to be good with the three or so Batmans we've already watched. <laughs> <laughs> That's our show, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to us each and every week as we distill another favorite from our past. You can catch new episodes every Monday. Come and check us out on Apple and Stitcher and Spotify and Google and Podbean and all those various podcast apps. And uh, head on over to tmdpod.com. That's where you can find us as well. And that's where you can refer your friends to if you want to send them our way to listen to the show. By the way, I haven't called this out lately, but if you're interested in, uh, you know, throwing a little scratch our way, maybe breaking a dollar for us, uh, head on over to anchor.fm slash the memory distillery slash support, and you can support us financially with a monthly donation. We would greatly appreciate it if you did. If not, no worries. It's not like this is a paid podcast. You're welcome to listen for free. It's just, you know, hey, come do a cool thing. We'd appreciate it. Uh, John? Well, speaking of cool things that are sometimes free and sometimes not, let's talk about music. Yeah. If, if you're the kind of person who likes to get yourself a glass of lemonade, kick your feet up, and listen to some really poor synthesizer backing up, you know, in a 90s style tied to some sort of a psychological drama you should listen to the soundtrack of falling down but if you want good music instead uh you should pay more attention to the music we use in our podcast which is the song destroying the evidence by semaphore because it's good um and as a band they put out some worthwhile tracks that you could bop yourself to to you know because that's a, a verb and words that you use to describe good music right Right, that's how I feel. Bop yourself. Everyone says that nowadays. Bop, baby, um, bop. <laughs> so other things that people talk about are things like email. Um, very popular, and that's something you can participate in with us by sending us an email, thememorystillery at gmail.com. Uh, it could be about music, but it could also be about uh, questions you have about the show, things you wish we would review, or things you wish we'd stop reviewing. Like, just don't do any more bat, Batmen. Uh, just stop. You've done enough. No more Batmen. Um, so let us know what you think. Uh, you can also tweet us at TMDPod. Um, or go to TMDPod.com, our website. Um, but yeah, we, we love interacting with you any which way we can. And uh, we've got more... Uh, good summer movies coming your way so stay tuned on that front uh we do want to thank you for listening once again i am john deck and i'm anthony veneri and this has been the memory distillery dogs (laughs) that was my favorite part of the whole movie falling down (laughs) 